Hello there. Welcome, welcome to episode 11 of the English with Rob podcast. I'm doing a little pre-podcast introduction because there's something I need to explain. So my guest this week is Iz from English Idioms with Iz. And Iz is an English teacher from the southwest of England. Uh, she's currently living in Ireland. And I was really over the moon to have her... Oh. It's the idiom alarm. See, I'll turn it down. This is what I wanted to explain. So this show, my podcast has an idiom alarm. So whenever somebody says an idiom, like I'm over the moon, the idiom alarm goes off. You can hear the idiom alarm to warn me that an idiom has been said so that I can explain the idiom. So to be over the moon means to be really happy. So... I was over the moon to be joined by Iz on my podcast. I was really happy to be joined by Iz on my podcast. But because we were talking about idioms, I, I'm going to turn off the idiom alarm. So the idiom alarm went off then because I said over the moon. But for the rest of the podcast, I'm just going to do it now. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to turn the idiom alarm off. There we go. I turned it off. Okay, so with that, in mind, let's enjoy the rest of the podcast about idioms with is from English Idioms with is. Here's the jingle. English with Rob. Hi everyone, I'm back. It's Rob, obviously, as you just heard from the jingle. It's the English with Rob podcast, so you already know my name. But you don't know my guest's name today. No, not guest co-host i prefer to say co-host my co-host today is is from idioms with is is how are you doing i'm very good thank you how are you i'm great uh thanks for coming on the podcast thank you very much for having me it's 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 a nice opportunity <laughs> oh cool as you know listeners i really like to introduce you to people who i really appreciate because they have really useful English learning content online and I really love Izzy's Instagram and YouTube because she so she concentrates on idioms and she demonstrates idioms in a really cool really funny way she is always in a crazy different situation uh, she plays different characters sometimes she like even has a beard these are the lengths she goes to to show you the idioms and then she will always ask you to give your examples in the comments which is a really great opportunity to learn and practice the idioms but I'm saying idioms I've probably said it about six times now what is an idiom well it's language which is not literal it's figurative figurative language right is yeah what yeah, I, th I think that that's, you know, explains them perfectly that they it's, you know, an idiom is a phrase or expression that's made up of a set combination of words that have the non-literal meaning, like you mentioned. Uh, so take, for example, the idiom a fish out of water. Right. That was your last now, video, this... right? <laughs> I, I yes. That yeah, that good. was my last video. OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell, tell us what so... you did in the, in the fish out of water video. So in this video, I played a character that looked really uncomfortable and a little bit worried in a situation. And that 
kind of explains the meaning of the idiom a fish out of water. It has nothing to do with actual fish um, or water. Um, it refers to a person who feels uncomfortable in a new situation. And so I, you know, used my acting skills to, to demonstrate, um, you know, s s a description of, of that kind of person. And they are indeed some skills, some acting skills. Just scrolling down your Instagram page, some of the faces that you're pulling in the in the thumbnails are really hilarious. <laughs> like some like with <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, there's no point on a podcast me replicating the faces, but somewhere she looks in pain, somewhere she's smiling like a crazy person. Uh, yeah, it's really funny. She's very expressive, and it really helps to remember the idioms. Um, but why why did you choose idioms as the theme of your of your channel? I think it's it's partly because they're they're so fun to learn and they're really fun to teach. Uh, I I started creating kind of general English language videos I think in around 2016 and I found that I just really enjoyed creating videos about idioms. And I mean idioms are used daily by English speakers. And so because because they're non-literal it's really important that you do learn the meaning of different idioms and, and learn how to use them in context as well. I think context really is everything when it comes to idioms because it's really important to know the circumstances in which an expression or phrase is used. Uh, so I think I just really enjoyed creating videos about idioms and decided it would be useful for learners to have a channel of content that were specific to idioms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're totally right. It is. And it's, yeah, it's interesting that you talked about using them in the right context. Um, I want to reassure everybody that all the idioms in this podcast are going to be really useful for you because there are so many, so many idioms out there. The way I decided to make it, to make sure that I'm using useful idioms for you guys is that I've taken all of these idioms from IELTS.com. So IELTS is a very standard English for second English as a second language speakers. It's a very standard exam that many people take. And the fact that these idioms are on their website, they are idioms that it would be a good idea for you to use in the speaking part of the exam because they are recognized by IELTS. Okay. And in this podcast, unless we bring up any more in conversation, which sometimes happens because native English speakers just spit them out um, all the time. Uh, I counted that there are 18 idioms in this podcast. And that's important because I don't want to give you too many. Um, do you find that in your English classes is too, too, too much new vocabulary can make people a bit um, anxious? Definitely, yeah. And, and I think with idioms in particular, uh, because they're non-literal and you do have to learn the meaning or you have to look closely at the context, um, it can definitely be overwhelming to learn too much vocabulary at once or too many phrases and expressions. I, I definitely agree there. Mm. Yeah, your, your head can explode. If, if Not only idioms, if a teacher gives you too much new vocabulary in one class, then you, you know your head might explode with all these new words that you're <laughs> worrying about having yeah. to remember 
So what I was going to say about the fact that you mentioned using them in context is important is that in the IELTS criteria, in the speaking part of the exam, if you use some figurative language, some idioms or phrasal verbs, which they also class similar to idioms, if you use them, but you don't quite use them right, then that is grade seven stuff. So even using them in the wrong context gets you points. If you use them in the right context, that is grade eight stuff. So, uh, yeah. But I want to say that you don't need to learn idioms to speak English, right? But if you, you might hear them from native speakers. It's, so it's a good idea to be aware that they exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here's what you think. Yeah, I, I totally agree there. I think in terms of comprehension, it's important to learn them, but you don't necessarily have to feel pressured to use them in conversation. Um, it's just good in terms of listening. I mean, I think there are something like 25,000 idiomatic phrases and expressions wow. in the English language, which is re it's really scary and overwhelming when you first hear that. But actually, you don't need to learn them all. You can just learn a few of the common ones. Um, and then some other ones for fun. Uh, I think, you know, even native English speakers wouldn't know all of those idioms. There are some that aren't relevant today that were maybe popular a hundred years ago mm. and, and today aren't so popular as well. Yeah, it's, it can sometimes be a generational thing. I think there are older people in my family who would use an idiom that I would never use. Um, I'm not going to give an example because uh, I don't see it as really useful language and I want to minimize how many idioms are in this podcast. Okay, so, but here are some idioms I actually want to give you. Uh, Iz and I are going to have a conversation and it's going to be based around idioms. So we're going to ask each other questions. We're going to find out about Iz. Iz is going to ask some questions about me and every question is going to have an idiom. So let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation, let's talk, let's chat Let's have a conversation about this and that Let's have a conversation, just me and you Yeah, have a conversation, that's what we're gonna do Okay, is I will start Is there anything which runs in your family? Is there anything which runs in your family? Well, I, I love this idiom uh, for something to run in your family. So if a physical characteristic, an ability, or even a genetic trait runs in your family, it means that many of your family members have that trait, um, that ability or that characteristic. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and in, in terms of physical characteristics, there's definitely one that runs in my family, which is being tall. So I'm... 177 centimeters which I think translates to around five foot ten which is quite tall for a woman um, my mum is quite tall my dad is tall my brother is really tall so I definitely say that that is a trait that runs in the family so yeah so being tall runs in my family uh, my parents are, are tall my brother is tall um, and I'm very tall as well and uh, well, that's a physical characteristic. I'll give you an example of maybe an ability that runs in my family. And 
I'd say that creativity runs in my family in terms of abilities. So my dad is a really brilliant photographer um, and a graphic designer. My mum is a writer. My brother works in film. Um, I create content. So, I mean, I might sound like I'm complimenting myself a bit when I say that creativity runs in the family, but it's just, that's an ability. Um, I won't maybe won't mention any negative traits just uh, <laughs> uh, so I so I don't create any tension with my family um, but yeah so I, I think there's a that's an important thing to mention is that it could be a physical um, characteristic something like being tall or um, an ability um, someone could be creative and also there can be kind of genetic traits that run in people's family like having green eyes for example mm -hmm. Uh, and it can run from one side of the family. So you have your mum's side of the family and you have your dad's side of the family. So when I said that being tall runs in the family, I think it comes more from my dad's side because I know my grandparents are quite tall. Um, my mum's tall, but on that side, um, I think there are you know it, people who aren't as tall as well. So yeah, that, that's what I'd say um, about traits that run in the family. Okay, tall and creative. Wow, that's very lucky. I've only got 50% of those. <laughs> okay, uh, so, uh, oh, have you got a question you want to ask me? Oh, yes. Um, so, do you follow in anyone's footsteps? Do okay. you follow in anyone's footsteps? Good question. So, this is another um, similar family, family one but it's not about um, traits. It's more about what you do. So if you follow in someone's footsteps, it means that you are doing something in your life which is similar to something that they did in their life. And actually, it doesn't have to be your family, but it usually is. So I follow in my dad's footsteps. My dad uh, is a photographer and I was a photographer uh, before I started teaching. He also, um, it's a bit of a sad story. He went to teacher training college because he wanted to be a teacher. But while he was at teacher training college, they changed the criteria that you needed to be a teacher and he didn't match those criteria. So he had to uh, stop his teacher training. Uh, but later in life, he did, uh, he taught photography and he taught um, some other stuff as well. So yeah, teaching and photography, visual arts, I definitely follow in my dad's footsteps. I don't follow in my mum's footsteps because she was a nurse and I hate uh, blood or anything <laughs> like watching hospital dramas. I always look away when they are in the operating room. I can't, I can't, oh. I can't watch it. So yeah, <laughs> definitely follow in my dad's footsteps. I probably, I'd say I probably follow in my mum's footsteps in a similar way that she pursued teaching as well um, at one point. So um, similar to to your situation there as well. Ah, okay. Well, you're, you're following your, your dad's footsteps a bit, right? He's a photographer and you're doing visual stuff with the, with the Instagram videos. Yeah, I suppose so, actually. Yeah, I think I always, I always really liked design and I think that did come from him. So yeah, you could say I'm following in his footsteps mm -hmm. as well. Okay, um, Iz, I want to know, 
when is the last time, no, when was the last time you felt under the weather? When was the last time you felt under the weather? Oh, the last time I felt under the weather. Well, to feel under the weather is to feel a little bit ill. Uh, so, I mean, this is used to talk um, about someone who feels slightly unwell rather than kind of seriously ill. Mm. And I think the last time I felt a little bit ill was funnily enough was last March, Ooh. just as we went into lockdown and I completely lost my sense of taste and smell. It, and this was before that came out as quite a prominent symptom of coronavirus. And uh, I actually got an antibody test not long afterwards uh -huh. and that came back positive. So I think the last time I felt under what the weather could have potentially been when I had, you know, the virus that is uh, a big part of this pandemic at the moment. Okay. Uh, that's just a, a theory, but I think that was the last time I felt under the weather. Um, and But that was just, I all I had was the loss of sense of taste and smell and a slightly sore head. So I didn't feel terrible at all. I just felt um, irritated that I couldn't enjoy my chocolate biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you're lucky uh, to have had COVID and just felt under the weather. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because lots of people have yeah. it a lot worse. So yeah, but it's really good uh, way to show that under the weather, it doesn't mean crazy sick, really in a hospital bed. It just means a bit ill. Uh, yeah. How can you? Yeah, how's definitely. your taste now? Everything's back. Everything's normal. Oh, it's it definitely yeah. Um, and that's got my appetite back as well. So <laughs> I can enjoy my chocolate biscuits and milkshakes and and whatever else. It, it's funny. You really don't realize how frustrating it is um, to lose your sense of taste and smell until you lose it to such an extreme extent yeah um, i was very it. frustrated but but as you said I, I was very lucky i think to to not have you know been hit harder or have for it to have been more extreme mm -hmm. okay good perfect so i have a question for you now so what drives you up the wall what drives you up the wall what drives me up the wall that means what makes you really angry what makes you really mad and I'll tell you something which drives me up the wall recently is dog poo <laughs> dog poo I said it I, did, I said it with such anger that I got a, a through my mic even I through my pop shield pop shield yeah yeah I could feel the anger then of, of through the word dog poo <laughs> yeah I don't know what well, I think I know what it is okay so we're we're at home. We're in lockdown. I have kids, and we I we have to get outside every day, and I don't always like to take them to the park because a lot of the time I feel like the park is busy, and we are trying to cut, minimize our contacts as much as possible. So we we go for a walk around the, the quiet streets around here, and lately there is so much dog poo in the streets. It's it's crazy. It drives me up the wall. And the worst part about it is having young kids is that they usually step in it. And yeah. so we go for a walk every day. And I would say one in every three days, I'm on my doorstep after the walk, scraping some poo off of a shoe. 
and it stinks and it's really selfish to have a dog and not pick up its poo. Listeners, if you have a dog and you don't pick up its poo, I don't want you to listen to this podcast anymore. Go away and pick up all that poo that you <laughs> left behind, please. Yeah, it drives me up you know... the wall. And I've never seen anyone do it. I think these dog walkers are out late at night just so that they can get away with Oh, there's a phrasal verb for you get away with is escape um being caught um doing yeah. it and i think that it's people in lockdown who've bought a dog to not be lonely but they're not typical dog owners they're not fully yeah. committed yeah i'm you know i'm i'm quite impressed that you actually managed to catch the dog poo before your kids get in the door because i feel like when I step in dog poo, it's it's on the carpet before I actually realise what's <laughs> happened. And I, I agree. I think people, yeah, yeah, dog poo is, is the worst. That that would drive me up the wall if if, if I was always stepping in dog poo, uh, definitely, or, or my kids were. Yeah. Well, I don't have kids, but uh, hypothetically. <laughs> well, I, I catch it because that, that situation where you come in, you don't know that you've done it, and you walk it into the house and it's all over the floor, that's happened to us several times so now usually i see them do it because they're running in front of me um yeah but now i we always also have a check when we get back home to make sure there's not any there oh, drives me up oh, the wall that's good. okay let's change the subject <laughs> <laughs> is have you ever told a white lie have you ever told a white lie oh so the short answer is yes and and probably more than one <laughs> but a, a white lie i suppose is an unimportant lie um that people tell usually to avoid hurting someone's feelings um or you know sometimes it could be to um make themselves look slightly better in a situation uh, and because it's so unimportant people don't tend to care that much or they won't call you out on it they won't confront it uh yes i i probably have i generally speaking i like to think that i'm an honest person but i also don't like hurting people's feelings uh so i'd say maybe one of the last times i told a white lie was some was when someone cooked for me i won't name the person <laughs> <laughs> and i said you know oh this this cooking's brilliant it's really nice because you know i, I didn't want to hurt their feelings uh but you know if i was being honest i'd probably say you know it was it, it was nice it, it was okay yeah. but you you know you're not going to say that when someone cooks for you when someone's gone to the effort to make a nice meal mm. or you know a meal for you um you're you're not going to be completely truthful if you don't like it so things like that and I, I know i sh it's probably best to be honest but you also don't want to make someone feel bad in in that kind of situation yeah i agree uh, yeah, it was average. Yeah, I've had much better. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, can, yeah, can it's you fantastic. Imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine, actually, especially, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine actually saying that. Uh, so I prefer to just go with the white lie and, and, and hope that doesn't make me a terrible person. <laughs> no, I think it may. <laughs> yeah, this is part of being in society, you know, <laughs> white lies, yeah. I think. I, we, I think we say them more than we than we realise if we really think about yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see that definitely. I mean, there, sometimes I do feel like they are 
almost necessary or just if it's going to avoid a certain situation or avoid hurting someone's feelings and there aren't going to be any negative consequences from the white lie mm -hmm. you know it, it's okay it, it's when the lie becomes bigger and it and it's not a white lie then that it's more of an issue yeah um i'm sorry little johnny your 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 pet fish uh it looked lonely so i put it back in the river so that it could go back to see its friends <laughs> Instead yeah. of your fish is dead. Yeah, I flushed it down the toilet. I flushed it down the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, next question. So when are you like a kid in a candy store? When am I like a kid in a candy store? Um, so to be, I think this one um, you can really tell what it means from it. Like a kid in a candy store. Uh, if you imagine a kid in a store or a shop which sells candy they are very excited and they want everything um let's also say that this idiom is quite american because because i wouldn't say candy store right what would you say yeah it's, it's interesting because i might use the expression the idiom because i've heard it on tv but when i'm talking about candy american candy i would say sweets mm. in other contexts but I would maybe use this idiom. I think that's what's interesting about growing up in the UK is that we're exposed to a lot of American TV. So we start actually using American idioms as well mm -hmm. or idioms. So I, yeah, I might use that in, in some circumstances, but I would, when I'm talking about candy, I would say sweets. Yeah. You know, if I was going to the shop, I'd say I'm, I'm going to buy some sweets. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm going to buy some candy. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I would never normally use the word candy either. And, and store. Normally, I would say shop, a, a sweet shop. Um, but yeah. I, th I think, yeah, we use we do say, oh, he was like a kid in a candy shop or a kid in a candy store because it's got that alliteration, the re repetition of the k mm. kid in a candy. So it's. It's more like it's not yeah. a rhyme exactly, but it it flows more than like a kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> it just doesn't have yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, when am I like a kid in a candy store? Well, the only thing I can think of is when I'm in another type of shop which I like, which is a music shop, a shop that sells guitars and um, recording equipment and little drum machines and all this kind of stuff that. Um, that I really uh, get excited. And especially if it's one of those music shops where they don't mind if you try things, then I will spend, you know, maybe an hour or more in a shop like that. And um, oh, wow. yeah. I get excited and I, I either come away with something or I come away wanting something that I can't afford. Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I could see that. It's really tempting when you're allowed to kind of interact with, with something in a shop. Mm you almost do it for the sake of it and especially if it's something that you that you love mm -hmm. um i can see how you know you'd be like a kid in a candy store in in that situation definitely but that's how they get you they're like oh come and come and try this try this ukulele and then you pick it up and you play it and you you're amazed wow it's so much better than the one i have at home this sounds beautiful and in that moment of playing it i want it um, it just reminds me of my dad, actually. He loves guitars and I can, I think in a similar way, he would be like a kid in a candy store when he's in a music shop uh -huh. or, or music store. Um, he absolutely loves guitars. And I think if he could, he'd have a hundred of them um, or guitar parts as well. 
so it just gave me the image of him then, um, quite a nice image of him just being really excited in, in, a, in a music shop <laughs> with, with all the guitars. That sounds cool. Photographer, plays guitar. Yeah, yeah, he's really cool, actually. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, well, I guess that, that's enough idiom questions, right? So, yeah. Okay, so now it's time for the next thing I want to do, which is a game. Are you up for a game, Is? I'm definitely up for a game, yes. Okay, the name of the game is... Is, do you know what the idiom is? 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 It was really great that your name is Is because it makes it so easy to make jingles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I really enjoyed that jingle. Okay. Did you, or was that a white lie? <laughs> no, that actually wasn't a white lie. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, so Is, do you know what the idiom is? I'm going to um, say a definition of an idiom and then you have to see if you can guess what the idiom is that sounds really difficult, right? But don't worry, because all of these idioms are colour idioms. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, and if you can't guess yeah. what it is, then I will give you the colour as a clue, and maybe it will help you to guess what the idiom is. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I'm, I'm down. I'm down for that. Down for that. Listeners, um, you can listen as well and see if you can guess before... Is guesses. She she is the queen of idioms, so it's unlikely. But <laughs> maybe uh, you can have a think or even pause the podcast to see if you can guess what the idiom is. Okay, so here you go. The first definition of an idiom, a colour idiom, is to talk about something that happened unexpectedly. Something that happened unexpectedly. The pressure is on. Pressure is on. I'm, I, I think I've got one in mind. Okay. So I think I... Could you repeat the definition again, please, okay, yeah. just to check? When something happens unexpectedly. Okay. I think, is it out of the blue? That's correct! That's correct. I, I don't need to say Yay. it. The jingle says it. <laughs> out of the blue. Uh... When something happens unexpectedly, you can say it's out of the blue. For example, she asked him to marry her out of the blue. It was a surprise. Maybe it was the first date. Maybe maybe it's Anna from Frozen <laughs> with hands. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't a happy surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of the blue. What a what a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, here is the next color idiom. And it's to owe money or to have no money, but more than to have no money, to have minus money, less than nothing. Okay. Um, oh, that's quite tricky. It's quite difficult. Let me think. So to have no money or minus It's Yeah, it's more money, about having kind of... minus money or being in debt 
being in debt to so someone. You, if your if your bank balance is not plus, it's it's minus something, then you are this. In in the red. In the is red. In the red. Yeah, I think I got that. <laughs> in the red. Okay, I won't ask if you've been in the red, but when I was at university. <laughs> And just after university, I was in the red. Okay, yeah. And so an example sentence, I'm sorry, I can't afford it. I'm in the red. In the red. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think university students often find themselves in, in that situation mm -hmm. or after university in the red. After um, university, yeah. I, I think, yeah. Technically, I'm still paying off my student loan. So technically, I'm in the red. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, actually, yeah, I forget that as well. I sometimes forget that I'm in the red. <laughs> <laughs> it's convenient, isn't it, to forget that? But it's a different kind of student yeah. loan, you know, it's all managed, the payment, the repayments, and it's not like, because your bank balance is not in the red, but you have that yeah. sort of going on the whole time, but it's it's manageable Yeah. for most people, Yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this one's a bit more tough, maybe. More of a business context. And it means okay. to give someone permission. To give someone permission. To give someone permission. And it's a color. It's a color. Idiom again. If you get stuck, yeah. I can give you the color. To give someone permission. So um, to say, okay, go ahead and do it. Oh, uh, can I maybe have the colour yep. for this one? I think this one's this is quite tricky. The colour is green. Oh, okay. Is it give someone the green light? That's correct! Yep. If you give someone the green light, you say, it's okay. And I've got an example sentence. I was given the green light to start the new project. I was given the green light to start the new project. Okay. The next one is to be jealous. Another way to say to be jealous or to be envious. Oh, I love this idiom. I, I think I know what this idiom is. Um, is it green with envy? To be That's green good. with envy. Yep, to be green with envy. Uh, so the example I have, she was green with envy when she saw my diamond ring. Oh, yeah. that, I mean, that's that's fair maybe <laughs> fair it's a little bit materialistic yeah. it yeah it is a bit materialistic you know i've been trying to avoid being green with envy recently um when i look at places that aren't in lockdown and then i need to remind oh, yeah. myself i'm healthy i have a job i need to um you know be grateful for for what i have in the in the situation i'm in mm -hmm. but occasionally i get a a little bit green with envy when I see everyone in, in Australia out on the beaches or, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm already happening in the world. I'm already green with envy of people living in Australia because it's such a beautiful yeah. and cool place. And the coronavirus is really low there. So I'm, I'm double green with envy of those guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think we always look for sun if, if you grow up in in England or anywhere in the UK and in Ireland, you're always chasing sun. Um, so yeah, I think we do look at Australia and, and, and any other you know sunny country, it could be Spain, um, parts of India, anywhere. Mm -hmm. And you think, oh, I want that sun. Um, but then, you know, I'm trying to be grateful for, for everything. Um, 
you know, having my health at the moment, I think is really important. Definitely. Um, and your and taste. Yeah, and my taste, my, my ability to, to taste chocolate biscuits, definitely. Okay, well done. You, you got them all. And you only needed one colour, the green on the green light. You, you really know your idioms, Thanks. Is. Thank you, thank you. I feel I felt like the pressure was on definitely yeah. um, with the name of my channels, Idioms with Is. I felt like uh, quite competitive in my head, with myself in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I need to I need to get these right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you proved yourself uh, definitely an idiom legend. Okay, well done, uh, <laughs> listeners. I wonder if you got any of those as well. I wonder if you knew any of those uh, before we introduced you to them. Okay, so now it's time for Phrasal Verb of the Week. Phrasal Verb of the Week. And on the, on the IELTS website, there were some phrasal verbs because they, and I, in fact, consider phrasal verbs to be a bit like idioms. They're not exactly idioms, but they occupy the same space because they are sort of figurative in that the verb that they use exists with a different meaning outside of the phrasal verb. And the phrasal verb that is on the IELTS website as part of their figurative language page is actually, there are two. No, but I'm only going to do, do one. To drop out, to drop out, uh, it's quite a negative thing. Uh, to drop, so without outside of the phrasal verb, to drop, if you're holding something and then you let go, the thing will drop or you drop it. But to drop out means to stop doing something that you were committed to. And it's usually related, it's often related to school or university courses. Right. It is. Can you do you have any examples of someone, you know, who who's dropped out of something? Yes. Yeah, I actually think I have dropped out of something myself. And I know it, it definitely has kind of a, a negative um, meaning to it. Uh, I when I was in school, I joined the school music band. Uh, I had been playing saxophone for two years and I was really, really bad at it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was terrible at the saxophone. And I eventually just had to drop out of the school music band because I used to turn up to the music concerts at school and pretend like I was playing the saxophone. <laughs> um, because I, w I was just really bad. I the effort was there, but the actual ability was was not <laughs> oh, well that'll be okay so, until you get to the solo <laughs> you can't pretend yes then. yeah well at, funnily enough actually <laughs> one week i remember the two other saxo the people who played the saxophone um they were they weren't there and so it was just me ah. and i thought oh this is going to be a terrible practice and you know about halfway through uh, the music teacher's there saying, I can't hear the saxophone part. And there's me just you know, crumbling. <laughs> just you know, cr air. Crumbling. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, yeah, pretending to play. Uh, so I think I realised that there are some things in life that you, you just have to 
realize that you're not good at mm -hmm. <laughs> and you can try you can try and then you can say no uh, this is not for me so I dropped out of the school band and um, so it wasn't the worst thing to drop out of I know someone who dropped out of university um, in their in their first semester uh, or their first term at university they were a good friend of mine um, but unfortunately the course just wasn't working for them so mm -hmm. they decided to to drop out I mean, I think dropout, is, it, it is quite negative. It's sometimes there are other words that people could use to maybe, you know, make it sound like there was more of a decision behind it or more mm. thought behind it. Like they decided to leave university. That would sound, I suppose, a bit more positive. Definitely. Whereas dropout can sound like quite a rash or immediate decision. Um, and I think in my school band example, it was very it was quite immediate and I don't think I put a lot of thought into it. Um, perhaps if I had continued practicing the saxophone, I, I could have got better. Um, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it, I said at the beginning, it has, it's quite a negative one. I think it's, it's, it's sort of linked to failure, isn't it? Drop out. Oh, you mm. can't do it. So you're going to drop out. But uh, you know, your, your yeah. friend who um, left, the, the university course I think it's a good thing because you don't want to do like a three or four year course if from the beginning you've realized it's something you don't want to do it's not your passion there are yeah, some things yeah. in my life I wish I dropped out on dropped sorry wait yeah dropped out of you drop out of yeah. or drop out from something yeah yeah I, th I think that, that's true my I have a lot of respect for my friend for for doing that I think it can be really difficult to to leave a situation um so i would probably usually say she left university um but some people would consider someone leaving university as dropping out of university regardless mm -hmm. of you know the decisions that they made um, but i yeah i personally had a lot of respect for her for deciding that it wasn't for her um as well mm. oh it reminds me of a song do you know the musical grease you know Greece. Oh, I yes, yeah. yeah, I love the musical so, Greece. So, what's the song that I'm going to say? Beauty school dropout. <laughs> I'm not going to start singing now. <laughs> uh, too late. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to isolate that and I'm, I'm going to make a jingle about it for my next <laughs> podcast. Brilliant. Feel free. <laughs> um, yeah, beauty school dropout. Um, and yeah, it's it's a sad song, right? It's about somebody you know dropping out of beauty school because they uh, can't. Uh, continue uh, so there you go listeners yeah. if you want to listen to an example of that phrasal verb find the Grease soundtrack or watch the movie and listen to Beauty School Dropout okay so now it's the last thing that I have planned for us and it's another game and it's about idiom etymology the etymology of the idiom it's a true or false conundrum The etymology of the idiom Is it false or true? It's what I'm asking you The etymology of the idiom It's a true or false conundrum A conundrum is like a problem that you have to solve So I'm going to tell you the etymology of an idiom in case you don't know, listeners, the etymology is the origin. It's it's where the idiom comes from. It's how it first started. But some of these 
etymologies are true and some of them are false. So you have to decide if what I'm telling you is the true etymology of the idiom or if it's false. Are you ready? Perfect. I am very ready, yes. Okay, so the first one is to pass with flying colours. To pass with flying colours means to pass, so to pass a test or to pass an exam, but to do really well in it. So that's that's the idiom to pass with flying colours. Is this the right etymology is? When the red arrows, so you know what the red arrows are? They are the group of jet planes that fly on, on specific occasions for the Queen and they kind of do a performance flight, I believe. Um, so for example, on the Queen or the Queen of England on, on her birthday um, or any monarch's birthday um, in the UK at the moment, uh, it's it's the Queen of Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> who's been um, uh, a royal, you know, who's been there for a long time. Uh, so they they fly out on special occasions for her. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, they fly out um, and they fly in formation. So they fly like in a pattern in the sky, and they often have you seen this? They often the the exhaust so the um it's not smoke is it the the steam oh, i don't even know what it is the the trails that come out of the back of the plane are yeah. colored sometimes they all have different colors oh interesting and when they so when they pass they they pass you and they're flying and they have colors and usually when the red arrows are flying you're like you said it's a special occasion it's a celebration so if you say I passed with flying colours, you're saying it went really well. It was so good. It was like the red arrows were there. I passed with flying colours. But is that true or false? Hmm. So before I knew that, before you told me that sometimes they release colours out of the engine or in the trail, I would have said that it was false because it's the red arrows would have been one colour, mm. um, I believe, just red. But with that bit of information, I think I'm going to say it's true. That's okay. not correct. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I made that one up. I, I created that one. Uh, the real pass with flying colours etymology is when ships used to come back from war. I mean, this is from the internet. I don't know this. So I, I don't know that there was no time. I imagine like 16th, 17th century, maybe earlier when ships used to come back from war. They would fly their flag. They would display their flag or their colors. So the flag is what they called their colors. Uh, if, if they were successful, if they came back from battle successful and they would pass, they would come into the harbor with flying colors. So it was a sign of success. Oh, that's interesting. And and that makes more sense, I think, because that's probably an older origin than I'd say. I don't know how long the Red Arrows have been around for, but that was a really creative um, false answer there, Rob. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, flying colours. What, what could it be? Flying colours, flying Red Arrows. Oh, they have those colourful trails. Yeah, let's do that. But yes, you're mm, right. Most idioms are older than... I don't know when the Red Arrows started, maybe the 70s, 1970s. I'm not sure how long yeah. they've been doing it for. OK, um, the next one. 
the next idiom is to kick the bucket. And it's weird because it's a serious subject, but it's a really comical, funny, not serious idiom. To kick the bucket means to die. Um, but, um, you know, if you have to deliver the news to somebody that someone has died, don't use this idiom. Who, I don't know, when, when could you use this <laughs> idiom, do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think that, that's, that's true. Um, it, it, it is used, in, in, I suppose, in comedies it might be used. Um, particularly, I suppose, British comedies, we have a lot of, very, we have a lot of dark humour. So if there is the death of the character, there may be appropriate times to say that someone's kicked the bucket. Mm -hmm. um, I suppose as well, it, it might be used for someone who was disliked. True. Um, yeah. out, mm -hmm. Outside of a com comedy. Um, but you'd probably say it to someone that you have a lot of confidence with. So who you don't think is going to go and tell anyone else that you use this idiom. Right. Um, but it is, it, I mean, it, it is, it's a funny way to describe death, definitely, or someone dying. Um, but it, yeah, it's definitely used comically, not not to give news to someone um, of, of, of a serious incident or anything like that, definitely. Right. Uh, well, maybe we should explain for the learners what a bucket is. A bucket is... Oh, like a carrying device for water normally you know what a bucket yeah. and spade when you go to the beach and you're a kid you have a spade to dig the sand and you have a bucket to put the sand in to put the water in and so that's like a, a toy bucket but you also use buckets for like cleaning um yeah and i think building yeah. sites they use buckets yeah Definitely. You could get a variety of sizes. I think, you know, for, for children, you definitely would have the little buckets mm -hmm. that they would use to build a sand castle, to build a, a structure out of the sand on a beach and then bigger buckets for, you know, washing things um, or for carrying water so that you can wash something. Yep. You know what? Whenever I... <laughs> so three out of... No, one out of every three times that I go out for a walk with my kids, I'm back at the doorstep with the shoes and a bucket of soapy water to clean off the poop. <laughs> okay. The dog poop that dog... drives you up the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, is this the real etymology of the idiom to kick the bucket? So bucket, we just described what a bucket is, but back in the day, and again, from the internet, they don't give me any time, or do they? Is this a ploy? Am I just saying this because it's all fake? Am I trying to make it sound more real? Okay, so I don't have a time, but <laughs> in the old days, a bucket was the name for a beam, like a a, a pole. A, a, what else can I say instead of beam or pole that learners might know? Uh, like a piece of wood, probably, that goes along. And the pigs were all hanging upside down from this bucket before they were killed and you know while they were um up there hanging their legs would be kicking the bucket and then they would die ah. so is it but is that the true etymology of to kick the bucket or did i make it up is it true or interesting. false interesting 
oh, this is difficult because I, I could see how that would make sense. I want to say it's true. Is that your final so answer? <laughs> <laughs> Should I change my answer? I don't know, because you know, I want to say I felt like a butt was coming, but... Oh, okay. No, no it, it, that is my, my final answer. Okay. Yeah, true. It's true. That's correct! Hey. It's true, yep. <laughs> Uh, according to Wikipedia. Do, do you want... Sorry. Go on. No. I was going to say, do you want to know why I think that's true? Yeah. Okay. I I thought it might have been really horrific for you to have come up with that on your own, like sat kind of imagining that that would be the <laughs> the reason behind it. So I thought <laughs> I wasn't going to say that if it if I was wrong then, but um, I thought, yeah, no, it's probably true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not that twisted to come up with uh, weird stuff. But a lot of um, etymology is is dark. Like the one about um, mm. Pass with Flying Colours is about coming back from war. And a lot of them yeah. are related to death, not even not just ones that mean something to do with death. And I think it's because when it's dark and it's very serious, it's something which is memorable. Um, mm. But I think it's also part of and British humour where we take this serious stuff and we make it you know, like a, a joke somehow. A joke, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, definitely. But I want to tell you that um, this is the most believed um, etymology of, of to kick the bucket. But, you know, we're not 100% we're not sure that's where it comes from. Other people think that, oh, this is also dark, obviously, when people were being hung. So when you are, um, when we had... Uh, capital punishment which is people instead of going to prison being killed and they would be hung by their necks and they would stand on a bucket and some people um instead of well when it was time for them to finally be killed someone would kick the bucket that they were standing on and they would go down and then be hung uh that's oh interesting yeah but so but the the, the, the pig one according to wikipedia is the more likely one it's probably from that yeah okay the next idiom is to break a leg to break a leg when would you say to someone break a leg before they go into a performance on stage so it's often said to actors or musicians and it's interestingly i might be wrong here but i think it's said because good luck is is seen as bad luck so you're not supposed to say good luck to someone who's about to perform, um, mm. instead you have to say break a leg, um, which is quite funny uh, that that it's just not a way you would uh, imagine telling someone good luck yeah. <laughs> to go and break their leg. leg. Yeah, you're right the, about the, the, the superstition of saying good luck. It, it's, it might jinx it, you know, to jinx something means if you say it, then it won't happen. Uh, yeah. But is this the, the real etymology of to break a leg? It's from a German phrase, which is, I'm going to try and read it, although I don't know these German words, uh, Haus und Beinbruch, which means neck and leg break. But that was sort of lost in translation from Yiddish, um, from a Yiddish phrase, which is Hatzloch und Bruch, which actually means success and blessing. 
and uh you know yiddish was um spoken by uh jewish people in germany centuries ago so the two languages existed at the same time and they they sound similar so this phrase the the german speakers had the yiddish people say it and thought they were saying german words which translate as uh break your leg and your neck and that's how it came about <laughs> did i explain oh, that well enough yeah i mean i i feel like now i should have paid more attention in my german classes at school um, oh i definitely should have <laughs> it's like although we, we only had german tell. for two weeks so uh <laughs> i think it's fine yeah yeah we had german for a very short period as well i think french for four years and then german for two years um but i i'm going to say that that's true it's just very detailed that's correct yeah i when i started saying it, i was like i was thinking this is obviously true because i would not make up these words in yiddish and german that sound similar um, I say it's correct. This is one that uh, there are so many theories about um, on the internet, um, especially Wikipedia. Uh, other theories are that break a leg means that when you bow, to bow is sort of when you, um, you, you know, you bend your body over at the end of the performance on stage. But you can only bow if the audience are clapping because it was good. Break a leg, meaning not break the bone, but, you know, break, you know, don't have your legs straight. Break the, you know, break your leg when you bend over. Um, other people... That makes sense. Yeah. Other people think it might be from when before people were clapping, well, people would clap, but if they really enjoyed the show, they used to pick up their chairs and stomp them on the ground and they would stomp them so hard that some of the legs of the chairs would break. And that's where it comes oh, from. Oh, I think, yes, because I think my, you know, we would immediately think of a leg as in your body part, mm -hmm. but we actually forget that, you know, the side, the long part that comes down at the side of a chair or, or a table as well, I believe. Table, table leg, leg, chair leg. Yeah, would be called leg as well. Oh, that's really, that, that would, that's a very interesting um origin mm. or speculation um theory about it mm, i should have started with that one it sounds it sounds more plausible that i could have made it up rather than oh there's this yiddish word it sounds like a german word and here they are anyway <laughs> okay here's the next one sick as a dog so we talked about being under the weather earlier the idiom under the weather this one is to be sick as a dog and it's it's a level up from under the weather, right? Yes, yeah. So this is much, you know, more. you'd be more seriously ill or sick if you were sick as a dog. Whereas under the weather, you're usually still able to um, walk around, mm -hmm. go about your normal business yep. and, uh, yeah, work. <laughs> okay, so sick as a dog means to be really sick. Uh, is this the true etymology? Uh, in the 1700s, people who were always high on opium, so drugs, uh, they were called dogs because of the crazy barking sounds they used to make and because they were often dribbling and angry. To dribble means when like spit comes down, when liquid comes out of your mouth. So because these opium addicts were always making crazy dog 
like sounds barking and they were often dribbling and angry in the streets. They were called dogs. And, you know, uh, I, you, you, you know, you look quite sick if you if you're on opium, which is which is the precursor to heroin. Another, another dark <laughs> one. Or is it? Is that true or false? Is that the true etymology? Oh, that one. That's that's very creative uh, if it's false. But I do, I feel like you are a very creative person. So I'm actually, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I think I'll go with false for this one. Um, That's correct! Wow. And a compliment too. Yes, I'm creative. I can come up with, I can come up with the dark stuff. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not as, probably not as dark as, as the pig one, I would have thought, uh, you know, uh, sitting at home coming up with that would be a bit scarier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. So the real uh, etymology, uh, the, well, the supposed, the believed etymology is in the early 1700s. So that part was true. It was common to compare undesirable things to dogs because um, dogs carried diseases such as the plague. Uh, dogs and rats and birds uh, carried diseases and... Um, so people didn't really like dogs and dogs often got the diseases. So you would say sick as a dog. Oh, yes. Oh, that, that, yeah, that's very sad. I'm, I'm, I'm a dog person, uh, which, uh, which means that I, I love dogs, uh, as opposed to a cat person who loves cats. So that, that makes me a bit sad, but I know that, you know, the origins of, of certain idioms are very dark. So, so you'd expect, mm -hmm. um, something something like that with that particular idiom it's sad but it's nice to think that now you know it's not like that for dogs dogs are very very loved and uh taken good yes. care of yes yeah yeah they it, now nowadays you see people creating dogs their own little houses within their house or yeah <laughs> creating their own big beds for them next to their beds so oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're treated very very well nowadays okay well that that is is um the end <laughs> i'm not very good at ending the podcast <laughs> that's all good thank you i've had so much fun this oh, has been really enjoyable good. thanks thanks for coming on thanks for helping me explain this these idioms to the learners and everyone you should really uh check out her page on instagram and on youtube uh because she's really creative and really fun in uh the way she uh shows and explains the idioms to you uh, what's what's the next one you're working on? Are you, are you working on uh, another video soon? What's it going to be? Oh, good question. I I can't think which one I'm working on. I have a big Excel spreadsheet with ones that I want to do, so I'll probably just choose one of those. I've written a, a few scripts, um, but I can't think what the next one okay. are the, will be. Are there any um, in in that we've done in this in this podcast that that people can go and check out on your Instagram? Oh, good question. I think I've definitely done under the weather at some point, but that mm -hmm. will have been quite a long time ago. But I th I'll have a look actually. Oh, white lie. I've definitely done white lie. Uh, so you can check that one out. That's a more recent uh, video, uh, which I believe I played a friend 
telling another friend that they the spot on their face didn't look that bad <laughs> <laughs> when when you can see from the video that the fake spot I created actually did look quite bad I, so I think that is up on my Instagram <laughs> they're a lot of fun to make and I think um examples are really useful to look at with idioms and yeah I try I try to make them fun as fun as possible um so that you can learn you know what circumstances an idiom you know in which an idiom would be used yeah um and then also also have a giggle as well have a giggle yeah <laughs> and if people are enjoying learning and especially with yours they're so visual you always get these really cool backgrounds and costumes and i think the visual element helps people to remember it because it sticks in their minds i think that's really yeah. cool yeah definitely i think my partner keeps saying that i need to just buy a fake beard in instead of painting it on myself because sometimes I film and I and then I forget that the beard is on my face and I just walk into <laughs> walk into the other room where he's working and he's like what are you doing oh, well at least you've I not like, been opened. to the supermarket with it on or something like that yeah yeah I, I don't think my partner would tell me if I was walking to the supermarket with a fake beard on I think he'd just wait <laughs> <laughs> okay everyone definitely uh check out Izzy's channel and uh Iz thanks again for coming on and thank you very much for having me. I hope we can do a podcast again soon. That'd oh, be yeah, fun. definitely. Cool. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. English with Rob.